You're listening to the news and why it matters on demand. Hey, I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Happy Monday and welcome to the news and why it matters. Stu, what was the top story for you? Uh, uh, Some good news and bad news about the Supreme Court. Okay. Uh, The Obamas are going to be okay. I know everybody's been wondering, worried about them, concerned. I think they're going to be all right. Yeah. thank goodness. Thank you for bringing this. They're on the way to billionaire status. (laughs) Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, All right, Jason. Uh, Some chaos and protests at the Mexico-U.S. border, but probably not where you would expect them to come from. Okay. Uh, before we get into that, want to thank our sponsor, Ridiazone. Ridiazone is really great over the holidays uh, because typically people tend to maybe overindulge, mm. overeat around you, Thanksgiving time. I've never. Completely unfamiliar with what you're talking about. Are you? <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, you could either like gain 60 pounds from now until about February or uh, you could take Ridiazone. While you are, you know, you could go to Thanksgiving dinner. You can still have have fun, go to your parties. Uh, but Ridizone helps by boosting your metabolism, and it helps you feel full quicker. So you're um, you're less likely to in, overindulge in that maybe third piece of pumpkin pie. I don't know. Do you guys like pumpkin? Overindulge third piece? Where, where would you call the line? Third, third pie. Third. Yes. yes. You're starting to get a little bit ridiculous at that point. So uh, you could use Ridiazone so you don't go to that third pie. You stop at the second pie. Uh, you can go to Ridiazone.com. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E. And use promo code TheBlaze for 30% off of a three-month supply. That totals out to like $1.79 a day. You can invest that much. You go to Starbucks and spend way more than that on a coffee. So you can invest that much in your, in your health. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E dot com. Stu, the Supreme Court. Yes, uh, I, I found it interesting, uh, uh, kind of two sides of the same coin here. Um, first of all, uh, Saturday Night Live I did a sketch about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, which sounds like a terrible setup. And it was the bit was worse than the setup. Um, but uh, so she has become this weird cult hero for some reason on the left. I don't I don't know why. I mean, it, you know, she doesn't seem to be any more left than the other crazy left people there. Um, I guess the idea that she's, you know, she has that sort of Betty White thing going, I think, where it's like she's old and frail and I don't even but Betty uh, White isn't even really that frail. Is she like Ruth Bader Ginsburg just, just yeah. le- legit asleep all the time? She does like, sleep a, a lot, yes. Just, Which, by the way, is when she's the, she does her best work, I think. When mm-hmm. she's awake, she's terrible. But when she's asleep, I find her neutral. Um, but, but incredibly resilient, though. She's had health yes. problems, bounces yes. back immediately, keeps yeah. working. And she's in her 80s, what, 85? 85. 85 now. Um, so, uh, and, and for some reason, she has the status of, like, real, she's really, like, glorified by the, by the, uh, by the left. Well, she invented women and womanhood. <laughs> Yeah. She did. So yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's a good reason. Did. That's a good reason. Um, I thought it was. I thought that was God. Or women's <laughs> rights, maybe. I, I don't know. But she seems like they they hold her up as if she is the one who obtained women's right, women's rights for right. women. And I don't. I don't get. Again, Strange. there's there's yeah. three women that are liberal on the Supreme Court right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, Soda, Sonia Sotomayor is technically speaking, by the measurements at least, more liberal than Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's young. She's, uh, she's his, has a Hispanic background. She's all the things you think the liberals would love, but they love Ruth Bader Ginsburg instead. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg is, again, like I think really there's a real sensible argument to be made that she really screwed the left. She had eight years 
in her 70s and 80s that she could have retired and they could have named a, a, li- a liberal replacement. Instead, she's in her 80s and Donald Trump might be picking a replacement if she has to drive. If, if she falls again right. uh, the wrong way or she just decides she, she just wants to step down or, you know, who knows? It's going to be Donald Trump picking, and that's not going to be something the left is going to be surprised. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm surprised she gets this reference. But again, here's an example of it. Saturday Night Live does a ske- sketch about, about her, and Glenn has kind of talked about this, this concept of clapter, which is not actually laughter. It's just someone in a comedic sense saying something that you're supposed to agree with and clap with. <laughs> this sketch, which is completely unfunny, um, is a hardcore rap about Ruth Bader Ginsburg I challenge you to find a joke in it. It's just them claiming that she's great and she's protecting abortion rights. Like it's like it, it's fascinating to me that they're not even trying to make jokes. They're, she's just it's just a rap song about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Like, wait, there's not a joke in there. They didn't even attempt to make a joke. But, like, she, said, but she said the word putts. Right. Like, I, I guess that's it. I mean, to be fair, I, I can't remember the last time SNL attempted to actually be funny. Oh, my gosh. You should have seen this episode. I, and I watched it because Steve Carell was hosting it, and I love Steve Carell. I was going to say, why, why did you right. watch it? That was your first They mistake. did, like, an office reunion thing at the beginning, which oh, I was, man. like, really excited about. I'm like, oh, this will be fun. It was not. It was terrible. It's just a terrible, terrible show. Um, and so that was, like, I, I, like... They've come to the point where they're not even attempting to make a joke. Yes, I get that it's a rap song about a Supreme Court justice. Like, that's a conceptual joke. You have to put jokes inside of that. It's not just that. That's all I did was that. Um, and then, uh, I mean, like, her just saying precedent? Like, that's not a joke. Like, uh, what, 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 I don't understand these things. So, um, and then, uh, but on but the other side. it rhymed side, with resident. It did. So it's it very creative. Kind of, yeah. It's very creative. Uh-huh. On the other side of things, though, I think um, it was just a really good moment. As I was just saying, so to Sonia Sotomayor should probably be their hero, really. She's more liberal, and she hasn't screwed them out of potentially a seat um, uh, but she uh, she had an interesting moment with David Axelrod in an interview where uh, Axelrod was asking her, "Hey, like you've got you've got the, this guy, this this gang rapist coming in, uh, uh, Brett Kavanaugh." I mean, he didn't say that exactly, but he said, "Like this is a real contentious thing. How does that work in the Supreme Court? Like this guy's coming in with all this controversy. How does that exactly work?" And here's what she said: "How do you view it from the inside? I mean, how does the court and family community adjust to those moments?" I'm going to steal. A, a line from one of my colleagues, okay. a story actually, not a line. And it was Justice Thomas who tells me that when he first came to the court, another justice approached him and said, I judge you by what you do here. Welcome. Mm-hmm. And I repeated that story to Justice Kavanaugh when I first greeted him here. Now I've known him, I've known of his work, but when you're charged with working together for most of the remainder of your life, you have to create a relationship. The nine of us are now a family, 
and we're a family with each of us our own burdens and our own obligations to others but this is our work family and it's just as important as our personal family we probably spend more time with each other than most justices spend who have spouses with their spouses Wow, really good. that's kind of yeah. great, right? It's making yeah. some sense there. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. like, I, you kind of like that's a it's a weird separate moment from certainly the way the left acted yeah. mm-hmm. uh, when Kavanaugh was up, uh, and I, I don't know, I kind of like that. I mean, I, you know, there, like you sometimes you can get too friendly and too close to people you're supposed to disagree with, and I think like we've seen that we've complained about that with like Orrin Hatch over the years, right? Like Hatch just became mm-hmm. such good friends with Kennedy, just started sounding like Kennedy. Um, you don't necessarily want that. Uh, but I like the idea that, you know, you're allowed to say, hey, like, we're, we're, not, we're not playing into this nonsense. We're, we have our own world here, and we accept Brett Kavanaugh as one of our own. Yeah. It's kind of nice. Which is probably why she is not the left's hero. Maybe. <laughs> because you can't be the left's hero if you want to work together with the other side, right? Yeah. You know, go, going back to SNL, I would love to see them at least maybe, you know, how, you couldn't uproot SNL out of New York because it's just too iconic to have them in New York City. But I would love to see them do a season where they travel around the country and do it live from other parts of the country. Mm. Because you talk about that clapter thing. Like, I I think Bill Maher is really good at pushing back at his own audience. When, like, you notice that? Like, he'll ask a question, and then everyone will clap, and he'll go, I know know how you guys think about this. And then he really tries to get to, the like, a serious question, get to the bottom of how this person believes or whatever. Sure. Talk to an issue. SNL doesn't do that. They're, they're literally just playing to mm-hmm. wh- how the people are going to react in the New York audience. And there's, there's no other opinion. They're all lockstep, and they're at a dinner conversation all hating on, you know, the other side. That, that's all it is. It's so funny, too. It's like base broadcasting rule number one, right? Like, when you're doing a live event, we, we, you know, you go back to all those shows that we've done live over the years in front of an audience, and it's like you can't play to the audience. If you play to the audience, the show sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is totally what they do. They're playing to that audience every single time. Yeah. That explains what we're seeing now. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Pat, the Obamas. They're they're good. They're I think they're going to do okay. They're, they're oh, going to be all right. I, um, I, I, I honestly I laid awake so many nights just I bet you have. worried we about have. whether or not they have, would be Sarah. okay. So um, because uh, as Michelle said last week, they're in the real world now. Hey, we're. I mean, I got to deal with this eight million dollar home we live in now. <laughs> you try that sometime. It <laughs> sucks. So they actually have neighbors, apparently, somewhere around their acreage that they have in D.C. Uh, because she said last week when she made her own toast, which didn't have to happen at the White House, nobody would let her make her own toast. She actually found a way to do it in her own $8 million house wow. with her $200 toaster. Oh, God. And she took her toast out in the back where her dogs were barking uh, because they heard dogs in the distance. And that never happened before because there were no dogs around where they lived in the White House. So anyway, she's in the real world now. That's what she thought to herself. And uh, she just signed a real world deal with a with a book company for sixty five million dollars in advance. Wow. In advance. Sixty five million. I mean, you know, a big book deal is a one million or five million. One book. Um, Multiple. You know, it didn't gotta okay. be multiple, but I think it's multiple. Okay. But you'd have to sell, yeah, fifteen, 15 million, million yes, books probably to make that to make that back, and you're not going to, no. not with Michelle Obama, not with anybody. I mean, I, I, anybody. I, maybe J.K. Maybe Rowling. Uh, like that's about it. Yeah, right. Um, so, and then they, she and Barack signed this Netflix deal, which 
is reportedly at 50 million by some. It's been reported as much as 100 million by others. And that, I mean, what even expertise do they have in the entertainment industry? They're going to be doing scripted shows and unscripted shows. What? What? What, The Obamas? (laughs) Are you doing sitcoms? What are you doing? What does Michelle Obama have that would be so interesting to to offer in books? Right? I don't, I can't imagine. Unless they're like crazy tell-all books. She's making... What is her expertise, really? She dabbled in uh, health and nutrition. That was about it. Mm. She took food away from students. (laughs) Maybe she can talk about that. Um, But she's making millions on this. Her arms oh. are incredible. I bet that's Fantastic. what the whole book's going to be about. Oh should just be about. If it's about just toning her arms, Fabulous. I would buy that. I would buy that. <laughs> Ten-minute buys? Ten minute. I'd buy that. <laughs> so she's making millions on the book tour. You know, She's going to places like the United Center, and they're actually selling out. And uh, so it costs, at minimum, uh, $375 to get into the arena. It costs, for good seats, like $4,000. Mm. And so people, her actual fans, are really kind of pissed off that they can't even afford to go into this event <laughs> where she is wow. because they don't care about income inequality. They don't, no. They don't care. Nope. They couldn't care less. So she's making all of this money. At every speech she gets, uh, she gives, they uh, pay her $225,000. Barack makes 400000 per speech. So uh, Forbes has just declared that they're on their way to billionairehood uh, very shortly. <laughs> wow. So that is they're going to be okay. Wow. But I do believe at some point you've made enough money. That's great. And Barack told us that years ago. And so I'm not sure what point that is for them. Maybe it's after a billion dollars. I'm not sure. Surely. Uh, she, I, th- I do think she would actually be a formidable challenger if she decided to run. Yeah. She would. They, I think she'd be tough. People love her, and yeah. you know that. She's, I don't know why. I don't do. know why either. Honestly, do you, but do you think that she would be a formidable challenger until a certain point hits, where then she's having to debate all of these things that she doesn't? Yeah, I think. Well, I do think like she's she is not just a first lady, right? Like, I mean, she was. Right. She loves. Well, yes. She she she's an issue person. Right? Yes. I mean, so she does. She's but not all the issues, though. You well, think? Well, she didn't. I mean, I mean even like foreign role, policy and all of those. I think she has strong opinions she, on those things. I think she does. I, I, even if she doesn't, I think she'd be fine. I, I've I've in I've, the debates and before in my previous life, I was a, a protector for politicians and stuff like that, and they'd go into these debates. And when they'd start, like when they would first declare their candidacy before the debates even started, they wouldn't know jack about 85% of anything they talk about. Yeah. The stuff they even campaign on, they mm-hmm. don't know mm-hmm. jack about anything they're talking about. They just but get then coached. before that, yeah, half the yeah. stuff is just totally scripted. It's like, if they say this, you say this. Mm-hmm. If this is the say joke here. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. so scripted. That's why mm-hmm. every time I saw how it works, the debates mean nothing. It really is. like They're hoping they get set up for that ultimate gotcha line and they declare yeah. the victor. And most of all, it doesn't happen. And I, I, I mean, look, at some point when you become a president, you lose that protection, right? Of, of, of I mean, you can't say anything bad about Barack or for, about Michelle Obama. Because you're automatically a hater if you do. I mean, but she would enter that with approval ratings in the 60s and 70s. She'd enter that with real real media protection like you've never seen before. Yep. I mean, it would not be easy to. I mean, and she's, you know, she's obviously informed enough to be able to hold her own, especially after going through all that. I mean, she's, you know, she was spent eight years in the White House. I mean, uh, and my guess is she's more extreme than Barack. Yeah. Yes, I would who agree. Who is with a that. Marxist. Yeah. So Ooh, it wouldn't good be good. Times. Good mm-hmm. times ahead. Good times. All right. We'll be back in a minute. Tough, I 
Before we move on, I want to thank our sponsor, iTarget Pro. Um, I just recently got one, I guess it was about a month ago, and I'm having a blast with it. I know, Pat, you use it as well. They're awesome. Jason, who is, of course, former military, highly recommends mm. it. Highly recommend. Like I said, you're either doing dry fire at your house, just like squeezing off rounds, or you're going to the range and spending tons and tons of money. But with our Target Pro, you don't have to do that. The technology in this thing, that's what makes it so fun. It's really cool. It's so cool. And you don't have to buy ammunition yes. for it. Nope. Yeah. You've got a caliber-specific laser that fits in instead of the bullet, and that tracks where your shots land on the target. It's really cool. Really cool. So um, it, it pays for itself. You're yeah, investing oh yeah, in it, sure. but then you're saving on the back end for mm -hmm. range fees and ammunition. So uh, it, easy sell for us. It's awesome. As you can see, those of you who are watching it on television, um, it's, it's really simple. You can do it wherever, and you don't have to, you know, I don't know, put holes in your living room. So that's also a bonus. It's definitely a plus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can get free shipping uh, and 10% off right now. Go to itargetpro.com and use promo code NEWS for free shipping and 10% off your iTarget Pro kit. All right, Jason, the migrant caravan is here. So migrant caravan is, well, it's, yeah, it's, it's in Tijuana, which is basically the same exact place that the last caravan back in April ended up going. Um, I don't know why they're heading, maybe it's just because of the sanctuary status that they can get in a lot of the town cities around over there. And maybe the climate's even easier for them to kind of hug the, co I don't know. But um, they're all going to Tijuana. Well, we've seen the pictures of them. I think, Pat, you showed that uh, last week where they're mm. climbing over the fences. Well, this right here, what we're seeing now, is actually Mexican citizens. So that's the citizens of Tijuana. It, all hell broke loose, basically, over uh, all the migrants. So there's 3,000 of them in Tijuana. They're all over the place. Some of them said they're even, uh, they're doing, uh, they're begging for food. They're like, some people have said their uh, crime has increased since they've gotten there. Um, this broke out And they've got yesterday. serious crime issues already. 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 Yeah. I know. There's something like 2,300 murders this year. It's a city of 1.6 oh million. 2,300 murders. You know how many murders there have been so far this year? In 8 million person New York, 147. <gasps> that's insane. That's war zone status. Wow. That's literally yes. it's called war zone. Yes. That's crazy. It's crazy. So anyway, so people, the residents of Tijuana are pissed, and they're like, no, we don't go want home. them here. They're, they're saying to go home. The things that they're saying, the quotes, like totally like make you think that the narrative we hear on this side of the border is completely false about how Mexico feels about the United States, and even President right. Trump, actually. They were actually saying that the Mexican government should adopt the same immigration policies or rhetoric as President Donald Trump. <laughs> there was like a direct quote. And, and they, in fact, Mexico's border policies are much stronger than ours. Exactly. Much. Exactly. Yeah. And then, but and I've, I've said this before, but they're never called xenophobic. Never. You know, they're never saying, oh, they just or hate racist. The, or they, they just hate the brown people. Right. You know, they, oh, because they're brown. You know, no. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. I think the actual figures uh, in 2017, Mexico deported 94,000 South Americans. The U.S. deported 70,000. So they are 20,000 more than us. It's, I mean, their number, and, and, that's not, and that's just going to the people that they catch. Like, their right. version of ICE. Yep. Their version of ICE is deporting them after they've come in illegally. Mm. No one's calling for the, for the abolition of uh, the Mexican ICE in Mexico. Yeah. But anyway, so it's just it, it's just crazy. It, it, it just it goes to show you that, you know, uh, you know maybe it's, it's the, the narrative that we're hearing on this side. Maybe it's just, maybe it's politically driven. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> maybe open borders is no not way. such a good thing. You know, like, I don't, I don't know. But yeah, it, it was, it was crazy, especially for me to hear how they were, uh, especially because I, I always hear that, you know, that, that Mexico just cannot stand, you know, Donald Trump cannot stand, you know, how, you know, the, the policies that we are putting up on the border and how it's, it's making life for them more uh, difficult when they're actually praising our border policies, when they're lighter than the ones in Mexico. Yeah. Mm.
Yeah, we played a clip uh, from several years ago with Wolf Blitzer. And was it uh, Vicente Fox no, it was or Calderon? Calderon, Calderon, Calderon mm-hmm. a former president of Mexico, where, you know, Wolf was like, hey, like, so what happens when someone from, you know, a border country comes across your border? Uh, they're allowed to go, like, get a job and stay, right? And he goes, uh, no, we, uh, when, if they come out without permissions, we send back them. <laughs> and that is like, I, I think every sensible country in the world would yeah. say, yeah, like, if you're coming across, because, I mean, it's just an obvious, you're getting off on the wrong foot. Right. Like someone who comes and takes a step into your country and the first thing they do is commit a crime with that step. Yeah. Like that they, is not they, the, the, the birth of a great relationship. Yeah. They disrespect your laws yeah. right off the bat. Exactly. Mm-hmm. How saying, much are they going to respect your laws once they get there? Right, they're saying right. right off the bat that my, what my priorities are are more important than your law. Yeah. Accepting yes. people like that. Now, that's not to say that every single person who comes in is turns out terribly or anything like that. Like a lot of people who do come in, they do just work and they go back and they send money back. And like, we know there's a lot of people who do that. But it's just like, it's a bad, it's certainly like if you were starting a dating relationship with that and the first thing that you found out was like, ah, they cheat occasionally. You wouldn't probably <laughs> want to go down the road. You'd want to stop that beforehand. And, and the people that want to make this a political issue over here, they always, they always group this in, illegal immigration into immigration policy in general which always just grinds the heck out of my gears because it's completely different. different. We're not talking about Mm-hmm. An immigration policy versus illegal immigration. Yeah. They're 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 putting those thing, two things together. We have no they're conflating. We have no issue at all with immigration. My biggest right. issue is that the immigration system sucks. It's so hard. It's yeah. awful yeah. to get through. I, I've yeah. told this story I think on the show before, but my my father in law he spent years and years and years, decades actually working, doing it the right way, getting his green card, working thousands and thousands of dollars. I was like, that is insane. That's ridiculous. It's no wonder people try to come in illegally when they see how difficult it is. Just change it. Change the policy. And whether the system is good or bad does not determine whether you you, you work within it. Like, for example, I think the income tax is a really bad policy. I think that they tax things. So you don't pay your taxes. I don't just avoid it. Like, on April 15th, I'm still dealing with it, just like everybody else. Like, I don't... Do I think the speed limit should still be 55? This is a bad example for Pat. Uh, But, like, you know, like, again, like, uh, maybe you... you pay the penalty every time. You do. You have to pay the penalty, or mm-hmm. or you ha- or you'll lose your license, and you won't be able to drive. Like we all work within laws that we don't like. There's a million of them that I can name. This, but like that, guns is another one. Like I, I, like I think most of the gun laws that we have in this country are completely unconstitutional. It's pretty clear mm-hmm. shall not be infringed. It's almost like mm-hmm. it's almost like like concrete. You know, it's a real like tablet like uh, view of, of of what we should do with our gun rights. But like. Do I make sure that I have my, you know, permits? Do I make sure that, like, I carry my little, uh, you know, uh, you know, license? Sure, because I work within the system. Now I will. Do you take your gun with you to New York City? No, no. I don't. I, no. I, I, when I lived in um, Pennsylvania, when we were in uh, working in New York, um, and the show was up there, I, I lived in Pennsylvania, one block from the river that separates Pennsylvania and New Jersey. I was terrified to put my gun in my car for any reason. Pennsylvania has moderate-ish sort of gun laws. New Jersey has like Stalin-esque gun laws. And if I drove every day on the way to work, I had to drive across that bridge. If I didn't take the car, gun out of the car and I drove across that bridge, God forbid I got pulled over, yeah. I could go to prison for years. I remember mm-hmm. hearing a story not yeah. too long ago about a single mom. Yep, it ha- yep, yeah, that happened mom. too. Yep, it did. She, she was just, she had it for protection. She It was on accident. Yep. She didn't she realize. Mean to re- she wanted to remove it. She forgot to remove jail it time. and was facing jail time. I don't remember how that came out. I, I believe she, I know there were people fighting on her behalf to yeah. try to get that overturned, but still. It's a zero tolerance policy. It is. It? It's, it's like seven years, mm-hmm. I believe. It's crazy. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, all right, back in a minute. What's that? 
Pasco Burris got deep with that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he yeah. Had shot himself. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze Premium subscribers. Become a premium subscriber at theblaze.com slash subscribe. Stu, Kellyanne Conway's Twitter. Oh, yeah, this is kind of a weird story, but I find it very interesting in that um, Kellyanne Conway is, like, in a bizarre fight with the media over her husband. And her husband is, like, so they were both, like, Kellyanne Conway's background, backing up a little bit, is more of a traditional Republican consultant. She was with Ted Cruz Ted Cruz at the beginning. beginning. Yep. Um, and so she's not like a Trumpist by any means. She's yeah, never been in that. About that. Yeah, yeah, she was like the head pollster for for Cruz yeah. during that campaign, and eventually, obviously, kind of went over to Trump. She's a, the only female uh, head of a campaign to ever win a campaign uh, for president of the United States. Um, she was, the, you know, technically the campaign director or whatever it was. Um, so, you know, and she's obviously turned into someone who basically is on television defending Trump no matter what happens in any circumstance. Um, well, her husband is has not left his old position. Uh, his old position was, I don't, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't be consistent with what Trump does. Um, and so he keeps doing, he's there still. He's still living in that world. And for a while, he was kind of on the silent side. I, at one point, he was up for consideration for a role in the administration. But really just like, I just, he basically said, I just can't, I can't do this. I don't, I don't like this guy. I think he's a bad guy and a bad president. So he's become outspoken about this. And it's a very weird dynamic, honestly. It is, because it's put her in a really bad position. It really has. Really bad. It's totally douchey. Yeah, it's like it's one thing to disagree, which I actually am completely fine with. But it's another Mm -hmm. thing to to be outwardly. Like, he's just starting an organization called, uh, that deals with, like, it's a conservative legal um, group. Where it's a bunch of like Trump skeptical lawyers who've kind of come together to try to protect the Constitution, and he's like trying to push for like you know he's like very been very much on the Mueller bandwagon. I mean, really like antagonistic to his wife. Like separate from the fact of whether he's right or wrong, it's just like your wife has a role in the public eye as a, a spokesman, and you're just making her miserable. Yeah. yeah, you know, like you know, it's totally different from then even like a you know Mary Matlin James Carville thing, where like they disagreed and they were both public, but they were both public. That was their role, um, and you know, they were always, I think, generally speaking, like friendly to each other outside of the you know the viewpoint disagreement. Um, here, like it's really antagonistic. Some of the stuff he writes is like it's not it's not just like. You know, I understand, you know, uh, that what Trump's trying to do, but I disagree. It's really like it's almost to the point of like a fever dream for uh, for Democrats in the media. And so they've really embraced this guy. Uh, But I think she she actually is handling it pretty well. I think this is what her look at her description on Twitter of what she describes herself. She now describes herself as the Kellyanne Conway in Kellyanne Conway's husband. (laughs) Because she knows the media actually just loves that so much. That was a really funny way of of handling it. And I don't know. I am fascinated by the dynamic there. right? Like that's just a weird relationship dynamic. I don't see how you can survive. So far they are. Yeah, um, but you have to. I mean, I'd have to believe that it's just more of a surface. And with I Trump, mean, you don't want to go through the trouble of Trump's a hot separating head. assets. Yeah, what must that be like? Yeah, when she's with yeah President Trump, putting her in an impossible, position. putting her in a really bad position, and it's really we really uncool. And we know that um, she did a. They did a profile of Kellyanne yes. Conway, and she um, made a mistake with the media where you have to tell this person you're off the record. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, she basically took a shot at her husband and then said, by the way, that's off the record, which you can't say afterwards. You have to say beforehand and she they have was to like, agree to it. In sources theory. Right. familiar yeah, with just, the couple yeah, said. Yeah, say that sources familiar. I'm not going to say it's sources familiar. You just told me on the record. Uh, and then they printed that in the article. Like, this is how bad this relationship. It must be rocky at home, my, I will say. Thanksgiving my, dinner, if you think yours is bad, can you imagine theirs? <laughs> Um, my impression of Kellyanne was that she was never really a believer, a true believer, yeah. that she would just wanted, uh, I don't know, I, maybe this is bad, but I always thought she was just working on some kind of, I don't know, she wanted to be, you know, uh, you know, Megyn Kelly, the next Megyn Kelly or something mm. like that. Really? She did a lot of TV. She, just, she wanted to just be out there in the public eye. And then, I mean, and this kind of goes back to that Fire and Fury book, but which I think kind of backed this up as well, is that all of them in the very beginning were just jumping on because they're like, look, this guy's not going to win, but we're going to get a heck of a lot of publicity going through this. Yeah. So at the end yeah. of it, either the president mm. starts up his own network mm-hmm. with the face of Kellyanne, Kellyanne Conway as the next Megyn Kelly on Trump TV or some other, you know, that's just, the, that's just the impression that I got from her. And I think like a lot of the people who wound up in the Trump administration um, wound up being sort of the B and C characters from uh, politics. Like a lot, the, 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 the biggest players did not enter, especially early on. Now eventually, like he got some big people and he's, had, he's put a decent team together. Some of the people I really, I really like. Um, but certainly early on in the campaign, there was nobody. Uh, nobody wanted to work on that campaign. And he won it without anybody. I mean, to his credit, uh, he really did. Um, Kellyanne was like never like a top pollster. She was, she was you know, well-respected, but never like top of the line, like the one you definitely want to have. And she was able to turn that into a really big role. I mean, she's improved her standing quite a bit. And, you know, I don't think she does believe a lot of the things she says, frankly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, but then that's a typical spokesperson. Yeah. You I know? don't see how she could. Yeah. You know, coming as she does from the Cruz campaign. Cruz, yeah. I mean, the, you're just, he's a, a hardcore conservative. And Donald Trump just isn't. Yeah. He's just not. He doesn't even say he is, right? No. I mean, I, I, In fact, he says he's not, yeah. <laughs> which he isn't. He so isn't. he's, he's right. telling the truth he's on right. that. <laughs> That's real news. That's not fake news. Jason, uh, higher education reform. Oh, yes. I forgot about this. I love this. So this is kind of goes towards like out-of-the-box thinking. We know we've talked about Larry Sharp, some of his ideas are just like, wow, how did I not think about that? I don't know if we'll ever see some of the things that he had talked about doing, but just for an example to, to recap, he, like he would talk about certain things like, you know, um, instead of having the city pay for, you know, like bridge maintenance and all that stuff, to basically sell off, like put the logo on there and like have it be sponsored by Google or something like that, or a big Apple sponsored by Apple. They would make, you know, d- take care of the, the upkeep. It would still get, you know, inspected by the city, but the city wouldn't have to spend anything on it. It's just cool little like out of the box thinking things like that. Well, I just recently, and I have a big issue with, like, I, I just paid off my school loans, like, two years ago. Mm. It's insane. I'm 40 years old. Paid them off when I was 38 years old. Just ridiculous. And it was difficult, too. When you go mm-hmm. into the military, they defer your uh, school loans, which, which is what happened to mine. And then I just completely forgot about it. I'd moved several places <laughs> since then. Uh-oh. So they actually got the IRS on me and, like, started garnishing wow. wages. Wow. Did, oh, man. They garnished my wages twice doing this because of, like, screwing up. They sold it off to another company. School loans are a mess. Mm-hmm. So in thinking about that, every, and pretty much everyone listening to me probably has, also has another nightmare story about them. Well, I was so you always hear about what are they going to do with this like looming, you know, like school loan bubble. That's going to be a big thing. Um, it's gotten so worse that millennials are like begging for like some of these socialist candidates to hey, if you yeah. give us free school and you know mm-hmm. forgiveness for our loans, we're all and we're all in. Anyway, that's ridiculous. 
But some schools are out there that are actually trying to like take a get a, throw that barrel away, get a whole new barrel of ideas, and see how we progress and how we you know what's the future of higher education. And I saw this uh, commercial for this uh, school called Lambda Lambda College, I believe. And I think I have a, a their newest. They have a little promo. Let's watch that right now. So you want to be a web developer? Check this. Go to lambdaschool.com. Sign up. Pay nothing up front. That's right. Nothing. Classes begin. Start coding. Attend live lectures. Learn HTML, CSS, JavaScript. Get stuck. Break your keyboard. Buy a new keyboard. Find the answer. Keep going. Sleep. Wake up. Go to campus. Yeah, right. We're online. Code even more. Learn React. Learn Redux. Zoom conference. Share your code. Slack your instructors. Ask questions. Get some help. Master C. Master Python. Master Django. Take a break. Okay, break's over. Pack some more. Learn data structures. Learn algorithms. Learn operating systems. Career prep. Write a resume. Assemble your portfolio. Land the perfect job. You paid the big bucks. Oh, yeah. And then you pay Lambda. What are you waiting for? Mm. Wow. That's so wow. cool. That's like, and this is like basically like this is basically like University of Phoenix. Only University of Phoenix mm. is like crazy expensive. I tried to go there to get a master's degree, and it was or was it a, no? It was a, it was a, it was a secondary degree in like coding or no? Not, what was it? Web. I think it was web de web design, just like that. When I was in the military, and you had to go through all their financial aid stuff because it was so expensive. This is like basically the same thing. You get like your online professors, you know, like you know the Zoom conferencing, all mm -hmm. that stuff. Mm -hmm. Everything you would get in a high dollar. Uh, college or online college for free. You don't pay anything until you get your job. Then you start paying. I thought that was awesome. And so, what what, what is the payment situation? Yeah, like? does uh, interest accrue or what? Yeah, I I, I don't know. I I, no. I, 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 I didn't look yeah. into like beyond that. But I mean, I, I that's like one of the biggest like hurdles for like a lot of people even getting their foot in the door to begin with. Like a yeah. lot of parents would be like, sorry, you know, like unless you're getting a job, we you know we just can't. Yeah. That's a great idea. I mean, I always thought that it was a way, to, a smart way of doing this is just like you pay like one percent of your salary, uh, like starting in t yeah. ten years, right? Like it's mm -hmm. like, well, I mean, I think everyone would be like, all right, well, if I can get, that would work, right? I, I could do that. It would never. It's never going to be. It's never going to kill you to lose one percent of your salary if you know it's coming, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, then you can pay. And like you know, the big winners, like if you got a Bill Gates, it would be really great for your college. And a lot of people would fail and maybe never get into the industry or whatever. But there'd be a nice way to pay them back if you did. If it works, then you pay. And that, and that makes a lot more sense than just, I mean, I just, like, college has a lot of problems, right? Yeah. Like, from ideological to, all, you know, all the things we've talked about. But the, the biggest one is just, like, how can it possibly be sensible to start your career $125,000 in debt? It just, makes, it just makes no sense to me it's whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's got to be a better I, way than that. I have a niece uh, whose husband went into uh, dentistry. They're th so he got out and got a job as a dentist. They're three hundred thousand dollars in debt. Oh my god, three hundred thousand! Wow. Like they're, they're never going to get out you're of debt. You're never going to get out from under that. Wow, a three hundred thousand dollar debt. I like those. That's why you vote for Alexandria Ocasio <laughs> Free College. Okay, so, so you're joking, but that is why people vote for her. They don't get it. That is why. And an interesting thing about that, they always reference the Scandinavian model, you know, like the Norway, places like that. Like, yeah, they, it's free college. Why can't the rest of the world do it? Well, it's yeah. not totally free. So this is how that works. So if you if you graduate from high school and you go into college, the government is because it's free college. Uh, is is required to give you the loans 
to go to college. Mm -hmm. They're required to give that to you. So if you put in for it, you know you're going to get it. You're automatically guaranteed it. So your four years in that school, or however long it takes you, is completely funded by these upfront loans that the government gives loans, you. Loans, though. Loans. Mm. You have to pay them back. Mm. So they get out. So it's not really free. The models that they hold mm. as the standard are not really free. That's interesting. The, and so the result of that is the Scandinavian model produces the most in-debt uh, young adults, I think, in the entire Western world. Mm. Wow. But no one ever, you, ne- you never hear Bernie Sanders talk about that or Ocasio-Cortez. But that's true. Um, there's also, I tweeted this uh, from Matt World of Stew earlier today, a New York Times op-ed from some progressive who is uh, saying, um, hey, guys, this whole um, forgiving loans thing is not a progressive idea at all. The money goes uh, overwhelmingly to upper middle class people who decide to go to college. So you're forgiving. It's a giant program that forgives money to people who are already upper middle class or higher. Um, I think it's something like the top 20 percent have 50 percent of that debt. So you're forgiving a giant chunk of money to people who are already well well off. And it makes sense, right? Like, I mean, people typically who are going to college are coming from, you know, higher educated parents who might have more money, blah, blah, blah. Bottom line is, like, you, you're, you're putting into effect a giant government buyout for people who are making a lot of money already, which is supposed to be what they don't want. Um, they're always saying that we're the ones giving away all the, all the tax breaks to rich people. Um, well, apparently this program kind of falls down that road. So I, I actually give the guy whoever, I can't, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but give him credit for as a progressive calling that out yeah. and saying, that, hey, that's, this is not the right way to go. I like these industry-breaking ideas. Like, yeah. I think Lambda is on kind of like that yeah. verge. Interesting. But like, I love it when an industry comes in and just shatters the model. And I think colleges might be the next one hit. I mean, you are. Talk- I heard uh, was it Elon Musk talking not too long ago, saying, like, "I don't even, I don't care if you have a degree or not." And we're in that like really high tech area where our kids are doing this stuff already. Like they're coding and stuff like that, yeah. pretty much on their own. Yeah. They're just learning it. They're YouTube. They're learning all this stuff off of YouTube. Whatever they want to know, they they're, they're learning it on YouTube. My son comes up to me all the time and starts talking about stuff. I'm like, "Where did the heck are you learning this in school?" <laughs> He's like, "YouTube, Dad." I'm like, "Good gosh, I, I built the room off the back of my house off of YouTube. I'm not a carpenter." It wasn't a code, but I did it. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, I didn't. Sorry. <laughs> but that, and uh, but, Jason's address. Is. <laughs> but that stuff is possible now. So I'm curious what this will start doing towards, you know, as we get more and more high tech with the less need to have to get that four-year degree from Harvard or MIT, yeah. what's going to happen? How are they going to have to change their model to stay competitive? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, today's poll question Representative Eric Swalwell of California stated that it will be a short war. The government has nukes in response to a statement that a government repeal of 2A could cause a civil war was just sarcasm. So he said he said it, but apparently it was just sarcasm. How do you feel about his comment? Let us know on The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. And we will see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. I feel wonderful about his comment. I think we should nuke all cities. Yeah. Maybe start with Like what you're hearing? Become a Blaze Premium subscriber and watch the show anytime, anywhere, live or on demand. Go to theblaze.com slash subscribe and start watching today.